Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Afternoon, everyone. Two minutes past three. Welcome to the show. Hope everyone had an enjoyable weekend. Kimbo on the Reach with you for the next two hours, live from Studio Lumo SA, right here at number one King William Street in the city. Busy show coming up, so let's bring in the big dog, the Roots. Howdy, people! Roots, here he is. Roots, here he is. Hey. Roots. Shaka-laka, shaka-laka, woof, woof. How are you going, Roots? Very well, Kim. Hello. Hello to everyone. How many more sleeps? So the uh, big start, the... Carlton and Richmond, now known as the traditional start of the AFL season. Are you sleeping well as a footy fan? Have you become excited by what your team offered in the preseason, or have you got nightmares? Well, we... I think there are contrasts in Adelaide at the moment, Kim. <laughs> we are going to go through that when we speak to our, our very own Dwayne Russell uh, shortly, Roach. Looking forward to that. Uh, how was your weekend, old friend? It was. What'd you get up to? Busy. I did things everywhere. I had work to do at home. Because, you know, I've still got the builders around the place. Mm, this has been going on for five years, Roach. I know. Phil Harper says, what the hell are you building? Are you doing the Taj Mahal? I said, I wish. Yes. Then I. It's a fair extension, though, Roach, for a man no, that lives by been, himself. shouldn't have been that dramatic. Then I had a lovely dinner with Mum last night. Did you? Yeah. How's your Mum Great going? Great form she's in. Great well, form. Send her my love. Will I, do. I had headed, uh, headed over to York's, Roach. Good trip? Yeah, good trip. Just got over there. What are the roads like at the moment? Yeah, good as gold. Good. Yeah, no drama around. Because I was just worried about a bit of the water, you know, that we had a storm last night. Uh, No, no, it wasn't. uh, All good? It didn't get that much over at York's. Not where we were. So, Mum hates thunder. Hates it. So do dogs, Roach. Yes, the dog next door kept barking. We noted that. As you would know, because you're the big dog. A good show coming up at Mm. uh, 3.30. We're going to be joined by Central District Senior Coach Paul Thomas. He'd be hoping, stating the obvious, for an improvement on last year where they finished second bottom. Yeah, they've been in a slow build, a bit like Adelaide has done. They've had a strategic plan. It'd be interesting how it goes this year. And he'll be... uh, Soon told about how the other strategic builds have gone at Central District because they've got a big event shortly where the big, big dogs are coming to celebrate, aren't they? I'm surprised by that guest list. That's a great guest list. If you are a doggy supporter, this is a night you should not miss. It's called the Night of Nine where they're celebrating uh, the greatest decade in Sanford history with premiership players and coaches from those nine flags. Now, that is this Saturday night. The MC will be Mark Soderstrom. Mm. Uh, MC's everything. So it does a wonderful job. Um, three premiership coaches will be there on the night. What one in particular this? is interesting. It's a beauty. Peter Jonas. First one. Roy Laird. The man who got the most. Alistair Clarkson. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. So tickets are $175 per head, and it includes a premium four-and-a-half-hour beverage packet. So, look, uh, do the math there. Good and night. If, if you go hard, you'll end up in front. Good night. Mm, See if you can good. beat the Gowans. 
Yeah, that's a that's a hard thing to do. Talking <laughs> of uh, having good nights, our uh, panel operator, operator Brendan Lyons had his buck show on the weekend. Oh, have a look at Lyonsy. Oh dear, fair dingo. I've never seen a bloke oh looking so rough. Right, it was a forty-eight hour event. Forty-eight hours. Yeah. Seriously? And you know that saying, you got to reach on him like a drover's dog? Yeah, I think he was on all fours at some stage. Wow. Yeah, come on, Lines, you know better than hours. that. Hey, it's a big night on Saturday night. If you want mm. tickets, get in touch with Indeed. the uh, Bulldogs. All right, just ring the club. Uh, it's being held at the Ian McLaughlin Room at the Adelaide Oval. $175 a ticket. It'll Good be room, a wonderful one. night. Mm. Uh, the number, if you want to book, is 8255 That number again, Reach? No, say it again. I haven't got it in front of me. Eight two double five yep. two triple. That's five. right. All the fives in the number for the doggies. All right. So, Paul Thomas joining us at three fifty. We're going to have a very quick chat to Barat Sundarasan, the, oh. ma- the man that cost Australia the Test series. Basically, have, have you kept up with his Twitter account? No, I'm not on Twitter, Rich. Oh, he, he is doing a MasterChef tour of India at the moment. Every time he tweets at the moment, it's about a meal they're having in India. Well, why the boys are having a lot of fun. You're out there. Well, he's on the road route. He has Good to go him. out and eat. Uh, SEN would be picking up the tab, I would imagine. <laughs> I would hope so. I don't think it would be expensive. Anyway, when I say uh, the man that cost them the series, uh, I say that with some truth. Mm. Not totally tongue-in-cheek, because here's the man that uh, revealed what was happening to the pitch to affect left-handers. That's caused a bit of a it stir. Spooked, it spooked. The selectors, the Australian selectors. So if it wasn't him, it's a combination because the Australian selectors have possibly cost them this series. It was just ridiculous. No one's saying it after the event with Travis Head. He was no. the fourth best batsman in the world yep. and they dropped him. And mm. it was just silly. It was an overreaction. It was boxing at shadows. 2-1 at the moment. You're looking for the tie to come for 2-2. Yeah, it would be nice. We yeah. won't win the series. No, but, we won't. Uh, uh, hey, but what's confirmed out of that result in winning the third test, is it's now Australia and India for the World Test Cricket Final mm. at Lords. That's confirmed now. That's They're good the two news. Teams. Yep. Uh, we're live at Interactive, 0427154166. Send us a text on anything that happened over the weekend or if you want to get something mm-hmm. off your chest. At 4 o'clock, last Friday, Rooch, we ran a Twitter poll. Bumfluff Benny put this up. Are you concerned with Port Adelaide's pre-season form? I said, mm. Benny, Captain Obvious... I said, we know what the answer will be. And he said, no, no. So we had a little coffee on this. I said there'll be over 80% of people will say that they are concerned. It's a human reaction, isn't it? Plus the yes. form hasn't been great. Yes, and those who are concerned are all those who delight in seeing Port Adelaide fail. Yes, well, 84% of people said that they're concerned with the form. 16 said, no, I'm part of the 16, Rich. Where do you sit? No, I'm concerned. I'm definitely concerned. Really? I, I, there's still things that I'm seeing that, well, that hasn't changed, and if there isn't change, they won't get better results in 2023. Yeah. Now, no, I don't subscribe to that. I, Season I, hasn't even started yet. I'd be keen for your review of the pre-season. It's short, and we know not every team has the same agenda in the pre-season. Mm. Like the Western Bulldogs and GWS went with only one trial game. They preferred to go with a different sort of build-up. Other clubs have gone pretty serious into it because they've got some serious questions to ask of themselves. But at the end of it... Um, I kept looking this morning at the teams that didn't make the ten at the top eight last year, those ten clubs that mm. failed to play finals last year. I thought, which team has given me greater reason to believe in them to be a top eight contender, just to challenge to get into the eight, which I think is going to be a very big challenge this year. The team that's looked the best in terms of improvement, answering questions during the preseason, giving you some confidence that they're going somewhere is Adelaide. Yep. 
They're the strongest performer of the pre-season. To that question, not saying they're the great, greatest performer. Brisbane's miles ahead of everyone at the moment. By and pre-season and form, okay, and Mel. But just of the bottom 10, if you're going to believe that someone's going to make the challenge this year to change the top eight, it's got to be Adelaide. Yeah, and I've got Adelaide as the improvers along with Essendon, but Essendon being not Hard to read impressive. at the moment. Yeah. I think you need two months to know where Essendon's at. Yeah, exactly. And we've all been around long enough. It's such an emotive game. We all get so invested. Mm. It is pre-season form. The one that is still concerning is Carlton. The injuries, the form that they've shown in the pre-season, they've, they haven't had things go right for them, which is disappointing for Michael Voss. Mm. Now, he's sticking strong to his uh, theme of just live the moment. That's not, you know, shadow box here to see things that might not be there. But he's understanding that they're going to be judged by playing in the top eight this year. Yep. It's a uh, big ch- St Kilda? Get the through that first. No, St Kilda, I've got them down in the bottom five. Uh, mm. Text coming through. We're going to get a lot of this until mm. the W's get alongside Port Adelaide. Just yeah. had a sneak peek at Port's banner for the Brisbane game. It says, hurry up, Kenny. We're revving the car with a double R. Ethel from Ethelton. Oh, Ethel's well. brutal. Yes. Uh, Dwayne Russell will join us and tell us whether he thinks Port fans have got anything to worry about. I just had a look at Dwayne's top eight. Same as last year. year. Uh, no Port Adelaide in it. Looking no. forward to chatting to Dwayne. And at 4.30, Rory Laird will join us. Crows Jewel. Best and fairest winner after the Crows' 59-point mm. victory over West Coast Eagle. Uh, I was waiting to get a call from Will Schofield. Haven't got one yet. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that right through. <laughs> to be fair, he didn't ring after Port Adelaide got worked over <laughs> no, by West Coast. I, I think we're both aware that he's holding his powder for a while. As everyone should, should. be. It's early. Yeah. It's the silly season. Hey, let's go around the grounds quickly, Rich, mm. before we go to a break uh, and get right into the football from the weekend. Uh, Man United uh, creating a little bit of history last night. Not the history they would want. As a matter of fact, every Man fan you find at the moment's not too happy at all because Manchester United 7-0 lost to Liverpool at Anfield. That's the first time since 1931 when they lost to Wolves by that margin that they've gone down to such a big... Uh, repeats in a way... 7-1 against Liverpool in 1895. So when we're talking about 1931, 1895 with Manchester United, this one's a hard one to take for them. 92 7-0 to years. Liverpool, who haven't been in great form. 92 years, Rooch. Imagine yep. being part of that lineup, being part of that history. Yes, well, our producer is a Man U fan. Mm. So I thought I'd taunt. Not that I could after what West Ham did at Brighton. Yet again, they get towards the channel and they might as well throw themselves in, the West Ham boys. They weren't great. Four nil down. You taunting, Rich. Knock me down with a feather. Yeah. I said, well, surely 7-0 to Liverpool equates to losing a grand final by 117 points. He just laughed his head off. I said, no 119 way. points. Oh, whatever. Yeah, 119. Sorry. Yeah, 119, Rich. Yeah. You're trying to make it a little no, the bit seven, better. Just, hey? The seven's got confused <laughs> with him. Seven, all right. Seven, seven's um, all over the place. Just quickly, I think most people are across it now, but the, the Redbacks failed under pressure again. 111 in the second dig, Kim. I know. Jason Gillespie oh. will join us tomorrow. We were hoping it would be under we better left. circumstances. Queensland was in trouble. Yep. They get to 290. 290. Mm. South Australia collapses to 111 and they lose another game outright. Two losses in a row. Won't make the final nope. now. At best, they hang around fourth position. We'd expect they might get to fifth. They won't get the wooden spoon because New they South could, Wales has lost that away. Yeah, could finish second bottom, I would suggest. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to someone that's thriving under pressure at the moment. That's Adelaide United. The real deal. They're equal second. 
when you beat the top team and you beat them by scoring well against them after all that Melbourne's been like this year, that you've got to say they are the real deal. And they've, what is it now, eight consecutive games without a loss. They're on fire. They're going well. Um, Other big news, this is big news in the world of the world game here locally. So we know that Football Australia has been talking about that we need to look at the A-League as more than just one league. So they're looking at the promotion relegation system. Mm. Now, we knew what would happen in South Australia. Adelaide City was always going to put its hand up, okay? Great rivalry. This is beginning to look like... Remember what we lived through 94 to 97, or probably 93 to 97, with Port Adelaide's bid to go into the AFL? So we knew Port Adelaide was always going to be this putting its hand up again. And then we watched what happened around and we saw... You know, consortium with a lot of teams, Norwood Sturt. This is a repeat of it all over again. So three nominations from South Australia. Adelaide City, standalone. Yep. Expect that, and they have a pretty good resume to say that they should be the next South Australian team in the A-League. Then we've got something called Football SA. This is like the consortium we got with the Sandford clubs. Remember when? It won't get up. This was this is Campbelltown City. Northeastern Metro Stars and West Torrens Bacala, each noting that individually they can't make it, but maybe as a consortium they can. And the third option is Playford City. It'll be Adelaide City, sure. I would imagine. Mm. They've got great heritage route. Hey, just quickly before we get to a break, uh, it's that time of the year, but uh, the AFL have been conducting a few polls. And no, this uh, one's from the Fans Association. They yes. do one every year. Yeah, and aware that the AFL Commission will meet shortly to discuss the annual chestnut, which is? Grand final time. Yes. 73% of fans want it to remain at day. The interesting point on this one is Twilight has reached 21% of favourite of preferred timing among the fans. Night is still 6%. I'll guarantee you, Roach, it'll be a Twilight grand final before, Eventually. before we're sacked from this company. Gee, we could be waiting a while, though. I hope well, it goes uh, longer, a long, long time. I don't think we've got a couple of days. A couple more. Now you've a, added a different incentive you know, to I, the debate here. I think it'll go for another. Wow. You won't it'll, do it, will he, before he leaves? It could be his parting gift. No, nah, um, he wouldn't. He'd leave that to the new admin to deal with. I think he? it'll be happening within two years, Rich. Well, well Richard Goiter is commission chairman, strong on the record that he wants it to go tonight. We need to go to a break, mm. Rich, uh, the first break of the show so far. We're live and interactive, sent through a text, a few of them coming through now, thick and fast, 0427154166. On the other side of the break, we'll hear from Crows coach Matthew Nix. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 321, appreciate your company. Different rules then, Kim. Well, Rooch, explain yourself. Well, you're watching an Essendon St Kilda game on the TV from well, no, ancient No one knows ancient history. that. And you're yelling out holding the ball. Well, it was, was a different rule. It was during the ad break with Fox <laughs> Footy, you obscure man. You are... Uh, I do, you digress, not me. <laughs> uh, we had nearest the pin on Friday. How many wickets will Australia lose? That's to win the Signet Boost Power Bank. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, battery charger for your mobile phone, so it never goes flat. It's worth around $45. James from Woodcroft picked Australia to lose just one wicket. And uh, he was right. So you won that prize, James. Congratulations right on, James. to you. Just quickly here, some texts coming through. Kim, you keep referring to Port as pre-season form. But last season they had poor preseason form and it mm. hung around for 5.5 games. Mm. They have also carried their poor end of season form 
uh, last year into the pre-season. You can discount pre-season results, but not performances. Phil, I appreciate, that's from Phil, I appreciate your views, um, but I don't think you're comparing apples with apples because it's not the same side. You didn't have Willie Rioli last year. You did not have Scott Lysett last year. You did not have Orazio Fantasia last year. You did not have Jason Horn Francis last year. Josh Sin was injured most of the year, and Miles Bergen, Bergman had horrific side effects from... COVID, and he looks like being a new player. Does Zach Butters was banged up for the whole year, and you never had Bryn Teekle either to lead a little bit of his support. But the proof will be in the pudding, Phil, so um, by all means, uh, I'm sure you'll keep me accountable. Let's hear from Matthew Nix. He's pretty pleased with their Should pre-season be. form. No, I'm really pleased at the moment with you know, that finish to you know, tonight's game was really pleasing probably more than tonight's game. It's probably a block of work that we've been able to put in, you know, coming over to Perth and going up against uh, Frio, first of all, sort of building a little bit of momentum out of that and belief. And then tonight was, uh, I thought the guys were, were very good across the board. Oh, look, you never know what the opposition are doing and what they're working on or how you, you'll turn up on the day. I, if I'm honest, we, we, we arrived today and you know, we've been seven nights away from home with a young group and you wonder, you know, have we done the right thing? And, Hopefully tonight showed we have. We're, um, you know, we're a professional group, and I thought they, uh, yeah, I thought they put it all out there for four quarters. In the second half of last year, Darcy Fogarty proved he could play at that level. Um, was it an event or is it a pattern? I think the preseason form shows he's in for a big year. Yeah, it was. It's, it was so pleasing to see him again perform. Um, I mean, he, he would be at the moment the, the one player that you would refer to of where our team is, is hopefully getting to. And, you know, right throughout, I think if we go back, you know, say six or nine months ago, you know, people were wondering what was going on. But he's done an incredible job off his own bat. You know, it's, it's on him and I've, I've said that. So of the two games of the pre-season... Adelaide, Melbourne and Brisbane were the only teams to go unbeaten. The Western Bulldogs and GWS are unbeaten in one game. And one of our guests tonight, Dwayne Russell, has Brisbane and Melbourne to play in the grand final. Keen to know what he thinks of Adelaide, though. We'll find out mm. just after four o'clock. Let's go to another break. Roots, then we're going to hear from Kane Corns. I believe he's changed his tune on Darcy Fogarty. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 3.29, news coming up, followed by Sample Central District coach Paul Thomas. Looking forward to having a chat to Paul. They finished second last last year. They'll be hoping to build on that. They've got a big weekend coming up with uh, nine from, what's it called, Rooch? Night. Night of the Nine Night Flags of or something. Nine. Yeah, Night of yeah. the Nine. So if you want to go and hear Alistair Clarkson, Peter Jonas and Roy Laird talk about those nine premierships, what a decade of footy that, that was. That was amazing. Uh, this Saturday at the end, McLaughlin Room, Adelaide mm. Oval, $175 a ticket. Ring the footy club, 8255-2555. Tickets still available. Uh, just quickly, in my response to Phil, I just yep. said that I think Port's a different lineup to last year due to recruits and injuries. 
And the Texas come through. Charlie missed a bit last year too. As Start did Alira Lear. Yeah, I mean, every too. every club gets injuries. Well, I think Scott Lysett was the big one. That's what the beauty of AFL is about the marathon run. You get tested on the depth of your squad and how well you've prepared for that marathon. Adelaide's prepared well. They have a healthy list at the they moment. Do. Darcy Fogarty is in red hot form. And our boy Kano may have changed his tune on Darcy Fogarty. Uh, he's won it, me over. I, he has? Gonna, okay. He, I've... Question him as much as any player, I reckon. It, mm. would, would, does he have the attributes to make it in the position that he plays? Um, but since round 11 last year, he kicked 31 goals. Mm. Charlie Kern, I think, won the Coleman on 64. I reckon he can win the Coleman. That, that's, how, wow. that's how good. Well, he's kicked 31 in 11 games in a side that finished 14th. If he gets more opportunities and the ball movement improves... He doesn't miss at all. Like, he's probably the best set shot in the game, and I, I say that with any confirmation from any stats, but the eye would tell you that he rarely, if ever, misses, and he can kick them from outside 50. Whew, if, if Adelaide have a good year, Darcy Fogarty can win, can win the Coleman. This is the weakness of the AFL today, Kim. Stephen Kernahan played 100 games at Glenelg, played against men as he grew up, to nurture his career, gets Spot to Carlton, on. and he's their leading goal kicker in the first year. But he was 21-22, right? Yes. Darcy Fogarty goes as an 18-year-old straight into the AFL. There's no three-year apprenticeship in a suburban league. I know he could have played Sample, but it's not the Sample of... But playing against men for the correct. first time. Yep. So and we've seen it so many times. We do it with times. Tom Hawkins. We yeah. did it with Tom Hawkins. We judged him quick. Chris Scott said, wait. Yep. Todd as Marshall. good as Tom Hawkins. So the problem we have is we still don't have the right second tier that then when a player comes into the competition, he does actually live up to what is his potential because he's still got to earn his stripes for the first three years. Most big men, most key forwards, exactly. they recruited at uh, 18 years of age. It takes them to be 22, 23 yep. to develop. All righty, we've got to go to a break. Uh, news then, Paul Thomas from the Doggies. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 3.37, we're heading to India shortly to catch up with Bharat Sundarasan. At 4pm, Dwayne Russell will give his take of the pre-season thus far. And Rory Laird, the little champ, will join us from the Adelaide Crows at 4.30. Just a reminder, the Oakbank Easter Festival, three days jam-packed with racing and entertainment. Book your tickets today. It is a great racing event. It's a great social event as well. Just before we get to our next guest, Roots, you have made my day. Have Absolutely I? made my day. Why? Uh, for people that aren't aware of where our studio is, we're at number one, one King, King William. William Street. We, uh, we are right on the footpath, basically, and we have a large glass window so you can look into the studio. And then a foot back from that glass window, we have our studio window that mm. helps with soundproofing. Yeah. Reach got all excited because former Channel 7 reporter and tyre kicker, uh, Frank Pangello. kicker! <laughs> <laughs> well, he was. He was their attack dog, wasn't he? Ambulance chase. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Now a politician, <laughs> so yeah. right. similar career path. Um, oh. Was walking past. You tried Whoa. to get his attention. Frank Pangallo, that yeah, is. Yeah, tried to, yeah. Roots tried to get his attention during the ad break. Mm. Forgot about the second bit of glass and headbutted the window. Yes. It was a beautiful thing to see. Good thing it didn't crack. <laughs> yeah, the people out on the footpath went crazy over it. Yeah. All righty, let's straighten up and talk Sandful. Uh, yeah, the doggies yeah. struggled a little bit last year. They finished uh, second bottom, just the 
four wins. Their coach, Paul Thomas, joins us now to tell us how they're looking over the summer. Uh, Paul, thanks for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me. No, absolute pleasure. How's the recruiting department been over the week, uh, over the summer period? Yeah, it's been pretty busy. We've uh, yeah, seen some local talent uh, come across from a few uh, sample clubs. So Norwood, Jai Larkins, young midfielder, um, come across looking for a little bit more opportunity, um, as did uh, yeah, the Colyak boys and uh, Manny Liddy from Sturt. Um, uh, young Dale Pearce. Key Ford, he spent last year from so from the Eagles mm. area, went and played at uh, Port District last year in a uh, flag there. And um, mm. Key Ford that uh, has come on board with us this year. So um, that's some local stuff. And then some interstate uh, activity as well with um, Leighton Chisholm, Ryan Pickering and a, and a handful of um, other fellas. Yeah, so it's been pretty active and pretty busy um, getting to learn Everyone's in, uh, ins and outs of their games being um, refreshing and also uh, pretty full on as well. So have you picked up a uh, big dog, so to speak, pardon the pun? Who's got you really excited from the recruits? Uh, yeah, Manny Liddy has had really good form over the uh, trial. He's 21, just turned. Um, he's an under-18 state captain, I think, in, his, okay. uh, in that COVID year, that 2020 year. Uh, he's been really good around the uh, midfield for us. Some of our recruits as well um, have sort of come internal. We had Aaron Nitschke. Um, Aaron's story is obviously drafted from Central's three knee recons in three years at Melbourne. He played a handful of games last year, but this summer he's uh, looked at becoming that inside mid that he thought he was going to be a few years ago, um, and he's had an outstanding summer. He's you know, managed to play every uh, mass simulation and internal trial to date, which has been outstanding after such a long, long time out of the game um, for Aaron. Well, what's been the sales pitch? I can imagine what it would have been like a decade ago for anyone at Elizabeth to say, just have a look at all the trophies we have here. It's a different story recently for the dogs. So how do you sell Central District to a prospective recruit? Yeah, I think the um, the, the foundation's still there. The club hasn't changed mm. in terms mm. of where it is, its location, its essence and the fabric of it, particularly yep. maybe just lost its way a little bit, um, you know, a little bit of misdirection there around, you know, coming out of COVID and um, not having won some, some games. But we felt in the last oh, definitely 18 months or so, um, you know, embracing the challenge. When Central's won the flag, no one wanted us to win it. So there yeah. was a challenge. Yeah. Now no one wants us to be in the final. So there's a challenge. Um, and just there is a challenge around recruiting out here. We're not under any illusion. Mm. It's a bit different show on some of Elizabeth City Centre as it is to the parade or... Um, you know, Jetty Road down at Glenelg. Yeah, so gotcha. it, there is a challenge in it. It's one we're super embrace, uh, embracing. And I think it's almost a, a footy club that um, you find it as opposed to you going out mm. to, to sort of search and high and low. So there's a certain fabric of a human, one that really loves playing for the team first and the club. Um, mm. that's, you know, we felt we've attracted over the last, uh, particularly from Aidan Grace. Um, you know, he's a vice captain of the club and absolutely loves it here. So... He's probably the sales pitch with Billy McCormack who come across and uh, you know last year and in his second sample year. So those guys are probably our selling point with how much um, thirst for getting better we've got as a club. Must be a good vibe down there though with the new facilities. Yeah, absolutely. Our women are pumped. They haven't had mm. a, a concrete kennel to be in anymore. That's <laughs> effectively what it, right. it was. So they've got this amazing facility. We um, the men's program have shared, uh, we've had a few um, shared training sessions and been in and used that 
um, to a nice little meeting spot. The other day when it was 40 degrees, it just had a little bit more cooler insulation than our old grandstand change room. So we went in there and, and had a look. So um, that's probably been yeah, really good. The, the key thing for us, we punched the numbers like everyone does in the last year. And our second half of the season, our average losing margin was two points. Mm-hmm. Um, so round nine to 18, we averaged you know, losing by two points. So one straight kick from either team. Um, so that's probably the biggest motivating factor for us all week. Four wins could have probably easily been you know, seven or eight um, or even nine there by the back end of the season. So um, that sort of keeps us uh, on our toes for sure. And you had your first series hit out on the weekend against the Premiers. Norwood went down by 26 points. What did you take out of that one? Yeah, oh, I was good to expose. Like I said, we'd sort of met all these pe- new people over the summer and get to see him in action against, well, what's the benchmark of the competition? You know, them in North Adelaide had a outstanding grand final and, and Nord were missing you know, a handful of their key mids, but um, still still had a really solid uh, sample side. So see some of our guys up against the measuring um, stick and the benchmark there was probably the key, the key takeaway. And um, our good was pretty good. Um, and then when we sort of lost our way around the contest, which um, we spoke about after the game, it becomes a bit of a challenge. Paul, you answered the call of your footy club. You didn't take big money to be the coach. What's it been like to go back to Elizabeth and, and make those sacrifices for the doggies? Oh, it probably feels like when I was a player, to be honest, not taking big money. <laughs> to hold that for James, yeah. Chris and Ian Callanan and a few of those boys. Oh, no, look, it, um, like I said, it's a, it's, a, well, it's a special place for me. It's a um, I belong here. Um, doesn't mean that um, you know it's a, it's a forever thing. Um, time will come as a coach here, and someone else will, will do it. But um, yeah, it's just an easy place to come to. I've, um, there's worse jobs in the world, you know. Also, where I get to you know coach footy and watch footy, I could be doing other things. So um, yeah, just do some school teaching on the side to make up the mortgage repayment and the kids through school. But um, yeah, it all works itself out. Is it fair to say that coaching comes naturally to you or is it just a bug that's been growing and growing for a long time with you? Oh, I think teaching comes naturally. That's sort of my yeah. trained profession. It's what I liked doing at school mm. and um, liked when I was at school. But, yeah, the teaching element comes pretty naturally and the passion for footy um, oh, and Central's is evident being a father-son product as yeah. well, but just the passion for footy. Um, my time at the Adelaide Crows as a development role was, I've never worked a day in my life, really. I just sort of yeah, get to either in a school, teach young kids how to move their body, whether it be volleyball or badminton or tennis, and just lucky enough to do it as a trained profession as a footy coach as well. Hey, Paul, I read in the paper a week or so ago, uh, I saw a photo of uh, former champion Peter Vivian, and the club will be wearing yeah. a retro-inspired Guernsey. Do you like the look of that? Yeah, I do. I don't mind it. They, the boys wore it so it's an away Guernsey. They wore it on the weekend. Um, yeah, it looks really good. Um, I think we're going back to blue shorts as well, which was a bit bit retro. I, didn't, I never played in the blue shorts, so um, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a newfound thing. Um, yeah, going back to a bit of history. I'm actually just sitting in front of the museum that our heritage committee have put together with photos and Guernseys and memorabilia around. So uh, yeah. It looks really good. So you've got passionate fans. We know that. We all remember the doggies call out at Footy Park when you're winning all those flags. What do they have to do to get onto the membership bandwagon? Yeah, if you get onto the website or to the footy club, um, 82552555 and speak to Kirsty at the uh, at the front desk, you can sort of find, I think there's a few different types of membership yep. that uh, the club are offering. But yeah, um, all the support. Um, like I said, they're super loyal and super passionate. And 
hopefully we can keep building to give them more and more to cheer about. Well, well if they said. ring Kirsty on that number, 82552555, they might as well buy some tickets for Saturday night. It's a big event for the club, night of nine. I'm presuming you'll be there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll be sitting in the, in the uh, back corner listening to the stories of um, Roy and Jonah and Alistair Clarkson. I'm thinking, you know, getting three of the premiership coaches together in one room and getting to listen to them and then the interviews that Mark Soderstrom will do with a few of the players throughout the night will, um, yeah, bring back some old memory lane. But I think there's someone saying like 55 of the 63 players or maybe even more who are, who are coming across. Um, Trent Goodrum from Sydney, Brad Mohara, um, Ian Callan is over from Tassie and I, no doubt there'll be uh, many, many more past players there reliving and maybe arguing how they should have been the Jacko medalist in that year or not. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but there's only been a couple of them. Okay. Yes, well, I'm sure the Gowans yeah. boys will be uh, oh. front and centre regarding everything. Mm. Hey, we look forward to chatting to you right throughout the year. Wish you all the best for this season. It's a wonderful club. It's a great story, the Central District Football Club. Let's hope it's a big night on Saturday and uh, we'll chat to you when the season gets underway, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Well done, Paul. Paul Thomas. Uh, it is a big night. Uh, $175 a ticket. You get a four and a half hour beverage package with that. That's pretty good, plus a three course meal. That is a football club that's important to its community. His point there about the sales pitch, yeah, they don't have the beauty of the parade or jetty road, but mm. they are so important to what happens in that local community of Elizabeth and the northern suburbs. They have the Ponderosa, and yep. a man that played a significant role when it was known as the Ponderosa was Cowboy Kevin Neal, mm. who's uh, doing a little bit tough at the moment, so our thoughts are with him Indeed. and his family. Indeed. We'll go to a break, then we're heading to India with Bharat Sundarasan. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 3.53 on a Monday afternoon. Kimbo and The Roots with you. Send us a text. 0427154166. A stat coming through. And Roots, you are featuring, before we go to India and have a chat to Barat, um, this one says... Rucci, you clown. You have defended Hinkley for 10 years and all of a sudden after two games you are worried. Why, do you think I wasn't worried last year? Well, not prior in the pre-season you weren't. Another one says... Kim, uh, Kim, no, that's unfair because I said to you while we were watching the Gold Coast game on air, I don't like what I'm seeing around stoppage. Uh, you still let them top eight, Rooch. Don't have an each-way bet. No, but I, wasn't, got I wasn't happy with what no, I saw yeah, having an each-way bet. Another one here. I'm on, I'm on side with hey, these I've people got them, now. I've got them... Challenging for the eight this year. We've got to go challenging for the eight. I've yeah. got them in the eight. Here's another one. Rucci, you downhill skier, you should be back in the Italian Alps. Oh, uh, I like love it. Actually. If you want to get into Rucci, send a text. I love it. Let's head the now. The conspiracy theories are growing about well, our guest. Barat. Rightly so. The conspiracy theories are deepening. He's a double agent, Rooch, and he's, really? cost, he's cost us this series. There's no doubt about it. He broke the story on the pitch before the first upset test. Upset the Indian captain. Yeah, he's upset him. He had the Australian selector second guessing himself. That was all himself. a double bluff, wasn't it? Because everyone is saying he's part of an Indian conspiracy to bring down the Aussies. Well, Rooch, he has. At best, we can square the series. Let's find out and let him defend himself. Bharat Sundarasan in India. <laughs> Hello, Bharat. You know we love you. <laughs> uh, of course you do. No, guys. No, it's it, uh, just on that note. I mean, to continue the trend. Yesterday, I got a message from a pretty senior Indian figure who I have known for a long, long time, saying, <laughs> "Hey, I've, I've heard you've been passing on some uh, tips to the 
to the Aussies. Clearly, oh. yeah, no wonder <laughs> they love you. So I don't like. You are I a really don't agent. know which country I belong to anymore. I I am a triple agent. I oh. think I don't. I belong to a third country. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you the one thing I'm, I'm run, keen to know. The show here. If we put you on the scales, how much weight have you added by doing this restaurant tour of India, which is now getting out of hand, I must say, Brad. It is getting out of hand, this restaurant tour. It is, and I've, I've been, I landed in Ahmedabad some time back, and this is the, it's really, really good food, but this is the fatty food capital of the yes. world. So I'm going to like put on, and very carby as well, so I'm going to be putting on quite a few uh, pounds, but I just call it tour weight. And, uh, you know, I, I have two months before the ashes to shed all of it off uh, and uh, keep my top on for a while uh, once I'm back home so that the wife doesn't <laughs> touch me. Barat, uh, we had a little bit of fun at the opening, but seriously, this series may go down as the one where the selectors did cost Australia an enormous opportunity to take out this series. Uh, and we know that Travis Head, this is not after the event, we know that he was ranked the fourth best batsman in the world. He was in red-hot form and they dropped him. They did start boxing shadows and second-guessing themselves, and that played into India's hands. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't just blame the selectors squarely, but, yeah, that first test, oh, leaving will. Travis Head out. No, 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 I understand like, where you're coming from, but, you know, that, that now when you look back at it uh, and the way he's batted, I mean, the second innings in Delhi, and especially the second innings here, the maturity he's shown, you can see that he's, a much more improved player. And like Ravi Shastri said on SEN the other day, uh, you pick players on form. Right? And this is a form yeah. coach who knows uh, a thing or two about picking players and leaving them out. Uh, and yes, Travis had did struggle in Sri Lanka last year. Uh, yes, he did struggle in Pakistan. I was there. But, I mean, he just looked like a different player during mm. the home summer. The innings mm. he played at the GABA, for example, on that pitch, that nobody was scoring runs. So, I think the selectors should have persisted with him. Uh, uh, or just not even thought about leaving him out. And they did panic and they felt that they needed a right-hander and they'd bring him in and keep Renshaw in. And yeah, look, that, that, that did backfire, definitely. But I still think Australia will look back at this series at some point and say they should have won in Delhi. And going into, again, thanks to Travis Head, that he'd given them the platform mm. for 62 runs ahead mm. going into day three. And then they panic. And that would hurt them for a while. But I mean, for now... It's at least thrown a lot of people right, including myself, who's felt that this team has it in them to win test matches in India. And uh, like we saw in Indore, uh, it was a pretty comprehensive win in the end, with Travis said once again playing a big role. Now, Bharat, Ravi Shastri also forced us to go to the dump button by using some provocative language, saying it's about time you and your mates, as Brad Scott, Chris Scott would say, you, you and you, stop going on about Indian pitches and just concentrate on the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> now that's true. Uh, I mean, Rohit Sharma said the same thing the other day. He said, "Why can't we talk about how good uh, Nathan Lyon was and how well Usman Khawaja batted mm-hmm. and Chitesh Pujara batted?" Uh, I think all's well, but I think they got it a bit too wrong uh, with the indoor pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what I've heard, it, it seems like the team management were keen that uh, the curators like water the pitch even the day before uh, the test match began. Uh, but the curators were pretty. Insistent that no, they didn't need to do that because they felt that there was enough moisture for the for moisture for the pitch to hold. But as we saw, uh, it wasn't. It dried up so Absolutely. soon that first 
15 within the first 15 minutes that ball from Mitchell Stark was there was an explosion of soil yeah and everyone uh, from Stark to Rohit last we, we spoke about this earlier I think that was a moment the curators and the <laughs> Indian team management realized we've gone too extreme and that's why Rahul Dravid mm-hmm. walked out stormed out I should say during the lunch break and had a word or two with the curators I don't see them making that mistake again but I still don't think this is going to be a, a flat pitch like a lot of people expect because India do need to win or draw this particular test match to guarantee their place in that ball test match in the final against Australia. So the fourth test gets underway on Thursday. We'll be covering it live here on SEN, courtesy of the team over there, Jared Waitley and Bharat Sundarasan. Uh, uh, Medabad, does it have a great history? Traditionally, what does that pitch do? Oh, traditionally for test matches, it's been, it's been a flat pitch. So Dan Vittori, who's uh, the assistant coach of the Australian team, he's played three test matches here all on really, really flat pitches. So um, he spoke to us yesterday in the media and he said he had very different experiences playing here in India. I mean, Ahmedabad as a city has great history. This is where the freedom movement began. This is where Gandhi really set, set base once he returned from South Africa. So we won against the British starting in Ahmedabad. Uh, but, and speaking of that, it's going to be quite the dramatic first morning. As you know, uh, the Indian Prime Minister is going to be there. The Australian Prime Minister is going to be there. Uh, 85,000 people, supporters, are going to be driven into the ground. And it's going to be quite the political uh, setting, I, I must say. Uh, dress and, appropriately. Uh, the Prime Minister doesn't do... <laughs> dress appropriately uh, for uh, a no. I, especially because I've heard that the Indian Prime Minister might be doing some broadcast, so they might lock me into a room uh, <laughs> if I'm not dressed appropriately. Which, you know, it does not mean I'm walking away from the happy fans like you guys <laughs> like to call it. I'll still be colourfully dressed. I'll still make sure uh, I'm presentable enough. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be a dramatic uh, first morning, honestly. And the kid could almost take a backseat in those first uh, hour, first session or so. Uh, but the pitch... Has been flat in the past. There have been some times when the fast bowlers have made merry, but this one you would think will still turn. It might not go rogue like the indoor pitch did, <laughs> but I think it will turn pretty pretty early. And uh, yeah, it will still continue to be a challenge for us. Well, it's certainly been an entertaining uh, series so far. We look forward to the fourth test getting away on Thursday underway, and we'll have a chat to you then, Barat. Take care and keep enjoying those meals. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I haven't. I, thankfully, the hotel rooms I've been staying doesn't have a weighing scale, so I'm happy with that. Sundarasan uh, over there. The uh, fourth test is at Ahmedabad, Rooch. All right, we need to go to a break. Just quickly, a number of texts coming through. Uh, Kimbo, uh, do we have uh, any footage of Rucci headbutting the window when he was? feverishly trying to get the attention of Frank Pangalo that was walking past, but we have two lots of glass about a foot apart and Rooch sort of head-butted the first lot of uh, glass, which was brilliant for us here in the studio. I don't know. No, the camera's not on that angle, but a text has come through. The only thing missing with Rucci and Pangalo was a horse's head and a violin case. Boom, boom. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Four minutes past four on a Monday afternoon. Just a reminder, dual club champion Rory Laird will join us after the 4.30 news. They've been in pretty good form, the Adelaide Crows. And Laird, since we gave him a stern talking to last year, Rooch, about hitting hitting the score. Exactly. Don't use your little legs as an excuse. Hit the scoreboard if you want to play in the midfield. 
He's been doing just that. Last week, Roach, on Friday, uh, we ran a poll. Bumfluff Benny, our producer, put a poll out. Are you concerned with Port Adelaide's pre-season form? I said, well, let's just state the bloody obvious. So I had a coffee with him. I said over 80% of people would say yes. And, of course, it was 84% of people said yes, 16% no. A text has come through saying as long as Dylan works with Rucci and Bumfluff Benny, he will never have to pay for a coffee. And that's true. I've won another little wager. Let's get a more qualified opinion from one of Port Adelaide's favourite sons, SEN and Fox Footy expert, Dwayne Russell. Happy New Year, Dwayne-o. And to you, Kimbo and the Roach, I'm no more qualified than the fans who go and watch them every week. I mean, uh, those people who sit in the terraces every week uh, have got a pretty good idea as to what's happening in the world of footy. Stop sucking up. You're after ratings. That's blatantly obvious. <laughs> calls. Calls. I want calls. Midday yeah. Madness calls. Hey, uh, we, uh, Benny provided us with your top eight. I thought you might be able to inspire a little bit of confidence. Gone the with port, the same as last season, Dwayne. Can't see a change to the eight. Well, I think I'll see Brisbane go from six in the eight to win the flag, maybe. I think mm. Melbourne is... Uh, the, I think there's three teams that are better than everybody else at the moment, the way I see it, and that's Brisbane, Melbourne and Geelong. But I can see nine teams being able to win the flag, including Carlton, who, you know, I'm probably unlucky to... I could, couldn't work out who to put out of the eight, but I think there's a bit of a gap between Carlton at ninth and the rest. I think the rest are uh, sort of... a chance to make the eight, but I just can't see unless a miracle happens uh, one of those teams outside of the top nine mm. um, winning the flag. Well, let's just get into Port Adelaide because people are getting a little bit nervous. I think they're boxing at shadows. I know last year was extremely poor. I think there's a few reasons for that. Um, but pre-season form, how much do you place value on that? Well, if you want to draw a line through last year, their pre-season form wasn't good and they started 0-5. So if you want to draw a line through that, then you've got to be worried. But if you want to draw a line through Paul Ruse's Sydney, mm. they never won a pre-season game with Paul Ruse, and they were pretty good every year. So it depends on which side of the coin you live. I, I sort of live on the... I'd like to be hitting round one with a bit more form. I like the way Melbourne's approached their pre-season campaign. I like the way Brisbane's approached it. I know it's a long season. You've got to keep yourself up for 30 weeks. But when you're in a situation like Port and Ken Hinckley... You want to be able to calm the farm early, I'd reckon. So, Dwayne, what have you made of the way in which Port Adelaide, again, loads up on inside 50s but doesn't produce a winning score on the card? Yeah, I actually had a word to uh, an assistant coach at another club and he said that the Geelong Footy Club kind of did the same against the Brisbane Lions the other night. They had yeah. a heap of inside 50s but couldn't beat the Lions. But they said, well, they just bring Jeremy Cameron back. They yeah. bring uh, Tom Hawkins back right. into that team. And there's your, there's your 12 or eight goals for your inside 50 value. Mm. Whereas Port have what they've got. I mean, I know Georgiati's got injured, but they've got Todd Marshall. They've got Charlie Dixon. So they've kind of got what they've got. That's why I am worried maybe with Port Adelaide a little that they're doing the same thing in terms of not converting their inside 50s as opposed to some other clubs who you can understand why they didn't convert their inside right. 50s do, do you think they'll stru- you think they'll structure up a little bit different when Willie Rioli's in that side and uh, Aratio just playing his second game in a long time? And Horn Francis yeah, do, going mid and forward? Yeah, look, I like the way for Horn Francis has been, you know, attacking the preseason. It looks like a, he's on a mission, um, and that's, that's great. But, yeah, I just wonder... Look, Charlie Dixon's a, a good player. He's a very good player, mm. All-Australian, you know, a few years back. But 
is he a great player? Is he Jeremy Cameron great? No, he's not. Is he Charlie Curnow great? No, he's not. That's the hard part with Charlie Dixon. Is Todd Marshall going to take the step up to be, you know, is he a 60-goal goal kicker in 2023? Could he be in the All-Australian squad of 44? That kind of Todd Marshall. That's where Port Adelaide need to find someone else. And it's either Todd Marshall or it's Georgiades or, or, it's, or it's who? Yeah, and I agree with you, Dwayne. Look, I think they'll make the top eight this year, but I don't consider them to be one of the top four sides. And we heard Kingy and uh, and Kano at the start of the year saying anything but a grand final is a failure. And uh, I, I just keep banging on about it. You have to have a compare it to, to Melbourne, to Brisbane, to Geelong, and uh, and possibly Sydney on the way up uh, as well. I don't see the comparison, but as you know... Um, all football clubs, supporter bases are very, very emotional. Can we talk about Adelaide? Because there is a real belief within that organisation that they're a top eight side this year. Yeah, I don't see that either. But I do see Adelaide playing a brand of footy that you'd want to go and watch. I think the Adelaide Crow fans should be fairly excited about you know what they're putting together in terms of getting full bang out of every player that they've got on that list. Their list isn't as good as Port, I don't think. And yet they play a brand of footy that in some ways I think, well, we saw in the showdown last year, early last year, what the Crows mm. can do just through effort. I mean, their list wasn't as good as Port Adelaide in that early showdown last year. And they beat them with the you know, Dawson kick after the siren. And that, that was a really bad indicator, I think, for Port fans and a good indicator for Crow fans as to what effort can do if you don't bring it and what synergy can do, that chemistry. John Longmire seems to be able to get chemistry yep. with yep. what he's got at Sydney and also get improvement out of a number of the young players. And that's the other issue of Port as well. Is there improvement? I mean, Nathan Buckley said on breakfast today, hasn't really seen Port Adelaide's improvement in the last 18 months. So you want to see improvement out of, you know, three or four of their players this year to become all Australian squad of 40 players. And maybe they can. Maybe Bergman and a few of those guys might be able to be the, the big jump-up guys that make a bit of a difference. Dwayne, looking at your notes from the weekend, you've noted something about the Western Bulldogs. Norton, Eugle, Hagen, Darcy and Lobb. Is that what makes the Western Bulldogs the big threat to be a top four side this year? I think it gives them a trick, Rich. It gives them a point of difference. Now, it might not work. It might not win them the flag and they might be too top heavy, Yeah. Um, you know, in, in the wet parts of the season and it doesn't allow them to chase out of their forward line. But right. They play a lot of games at Docklands where the roof's going to be shut. Yeah. So that's going to help them in the middle of winter when other teams might be playing in the rain at the Adelaide Oval and off the stadium. Yep. And I think it's a point of difference. I like teams that are trying something. Melbourne a few years ago went and got, paid a lot of their salary cap for two key defenders, Lee and May and Lever. Yes. And a lot of people said, well, that's not going to work. Who does yeah. that? No one pays that much of their salary cap for two. But it won them a flag. Mm. Now they've gone and done the same with two key ruckmen. They've got two of the best five rucks in the comp. So they've got a point of difference that might win them the flag as well. I like the dogs trying something to stop being just good. They want to be great and win a flag. Dwayne, you haven't changed the eight from last year, but you have Collingwood at seventh and eighth. I've had, I have those two sides slipping out of the top eight this year. You've got them sliding. Why? Oh, well, they did win a lot of close games last year. That's the obvious one for Collingwood. I am still a bit worried about their goal-kicking power. Yep. But they seem to be able to generate scores anyway, and they do play a good style of play uh, football, which is that fast play on, believe in yourself brand. And I, I think if there's three teams that could slip out of the eight, it might be Richmond, who looked lethargic mm. against Melbourne, but are hoping to flick the switch this week, come round one. Uh, Collingwood could be one of those that 
win one or two or three less games because they don't win the close ones. Fremantle, I'm still a bit... Um, I don't know what I'm going to get from Fremantle. I don't know if Fife's going to make it as a full forward. And I, you know, I mentioned on my show today that if you give Darcy Fogarty 100 shots at goal, yeah. he's going to kick you 65-35. Yeah. But you give, you give Fife 100 shots at goal, yes. he might only kick you 50-50 or 45, mm. you know, 55. That's, that's the difference with if Fife can have a big year as a full forward. So that's where I'm at with those teams on the edge of the eight. Okay, if they're on the edge, those three, Richmond, Collingwood and Fremantle, who are the three more, most likely to challenge from outside the Only Carlton. Only Carlton. Only Carlton. I can't see Essendon getting in there. They've still got a lot of holes in their list, and I think they've got a lot of... haven't got the depth. Right. I can't see St Kilda being one of those teams either because yep. they don't have Max King until about round seven. Yep. So they've got injury issues, and the word coming out of St Kilda is that we're going to be good in 2024, which I don't like hearing, but yep. that's kind of what we're hearing. I don't think the Gold Coast will improve to the point that they can make the eight. Mm. Um, Port Adelaide could, but I just don't necessarily think their pre-season's been inspiring enough to say that they're going to win the flag, but they could make the eight. I mean, they, there's a number of these teams outside that could rise. The West Coast Eagles will win more than two games, but I can't see them I've got them making the eight. I've got them. I've yeah, got well, them. there you go. So there you go. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. few texts coming through. Dwayne, we're in the opinion business. Uh, this one says I'd have to disagree with Dwayne. I think the Crows list is now as good as Port Adelaide's. And uh, another text from That's Phil. That's an exercise to do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, another text comes through from Phil. I don't think any Port fans are unrealistic about where they are. The problem Port has, it's the 11th season of this regime. I'm no hater of the coach, but really there's no room for a failed season. I think we all agree with that. Mm. Uh, and then we've got Rucci and Russell, a myth and a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being called a myth. No, I hate no, that. No, no, I don't take offence to that. You are very. Hey, Dwayne, what did you make of the nineteenth team with four men or women? The nineteenth team, the umpires, and they oh, are. Oh, I don't mind a big it. Team now, they are, but I don't think umpiring has got any better or worse for fifty years. So there were Ooh. complaints about umpires yeah. being no good when there was a one umpire system. There were complaints they're not good enough. There's always been old ladies leaning over the fence. You see the old black and white footage with the umbrella saying they're no good. I like the umpires trying to get a little better. I like them coming up with an idea to to allow them to be able to make better decisions because they're less fatigued, mm. they're not running as far, and you can umpire later in your career. So the good decision makers might be able to umpire for another four or five years as opposed to where well, you can't run the distance, so you can't umpire anymore. So... I like the fact that they're trialling something. I think there's always been complaints about umpiring, yep. but they're trying something to make them better for a change. I would have liked them to have tried it over a couple of years instead of practising and trialling mm. it actually mm. in real games. And long as they don't make more decisions because the game's over umpired. Hey, Dwayne, just quickly, a slightly new team with the SEN Cool team. Tell us what's happening this year. Uh, I'll be doing Friday nights with Gerard Waitley, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll be doing you know, things like Anzac Day, I'll uh, be doing Easter Monday, so no Anthony Hudson, a little bit of a change-up in the yep. team. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've, uh, and we've got other bits and pieces as well. So we've added two or three more special comments, guys. I've given back some of my salary so I can pay some other guys, which will be fun. <laughs> to which Mitch Robinson from Brisbane is going to be one of those oh, special commentators, yes. isn't he, Dwayne? 
Yes, he is. So you've got the list there, have you, Rich? Oh, we, 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 we're getting a few notes here and there. And, of course, we'll be calling every Crows and uh, Port Adelaide game here in South Australia. It will now be heard in South Australia, which it wasn't See, before. Hey, you're you're a know, better man, Dwayne, because Kim wouldn't take a pay cut so I could be a boundary rider at Adelaide Oval. <laughs> we just wanted someone that knew what they were doing down there, Rich. That's all. It had nothing to do with money. Dwayne, I love your work. Look forward to chatting you right throughout the year. Of course, you can hear Dwayne on Dwayne's World between 11.30 and 2.30 Adelaide time. Thanks for your time, Dwayne. Thanks, Dwayne. Good on you, Kimbo. Thanks, Rich. There you go. So he hasn't put a, a, a ruler through Port Adelaide. He well, thinks they're a chance but he's for he's saying only Carlton is the team that can challenge his eight. It's yeah. not really convincing on Port, is it? No. Well, it's going to be tight. It's a tough competition. As I said, Collingwood Fremantle dropping out for me. More, more bullish on Collingwood dropping out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Carlton, obviously a chance for Port Adelaide and Adelaide to get in. So two in and two out for me. You can have your say on zero four two seven one five four one double six. Rich, you're doing something next, aren't you? You're doing an Optus Yes moment. It's going to be about sports history. Don't go anywhere. Live across SEN... You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Twenty-three on a Monday afternoon. Hope you're having an enjoyable day, ticking off a few boxes or whatever it may be. Number of texts coming through. I'm terrified by Port's lack of pre-season form. Terrified. I know. I know it's only pre-season, but all I can see is the same problems that have plagued us for years. Hope I'm wrong. That's Benny from Marden. Mm. I'm sticking fat. I might end up with googie egg all over my face, Rooch. Another text coming through here in regards to you hitting your head against the glass window, Roots, because you got a little bit excited when politician Frank Pangello walked past. Uh, This one says, uh, did Roochie request bulletproof glass at Lumo's studio? Well, no, he didn't. I did. It was a prerequisite with working with him. No, but Kim, you've got to understand how I'm connected with all those people who do the bullets. So you have nothing to fear. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's good. You've looked after me? Yes. Thank you. (laughs) But that can easily change. I know you are connected. I love you and your moustache looks wonderful. Thank you. Uh, we need to do a uh, Optus Yes moment. Yes. Great business starts with yes. Search yes. Optus business. Imagine you're having a first... John Lennon. Sorry, the song. <laughs> Imagine having a first up team and convincing your men or women, yes, we can win. We are the new boys or new girls on the block. Peter Knights did it with Brisbane in that famous game against North Melbourne on a Friday night at the MCG mm-hmm. in 1987 when the competition expanded. Graham Corns did it in 1991. He said, yes, we can beat Hawthorne at Football <laughs> yeah, Park. It was a great game. To which I'm always – sorry, Mark Aston, I can't get this one out of my mind. But when Graham Corns said yes to coaching the Adelaide Crows and did that press conference, the question of that press conference still remains, would you be coaching Glenelg as well? <laughs> he did, he did. He did, he did. Oh, the old penguini. He did. It's uh, the highlight <laughs> like when I look back at that. He'd be very happy that you brought that up as well. Oh, well I, I, he knows that I do it lovingly. I know. Right? You know. There's always a great moment at press conference. Now, this man at the weekend, Wayne Bennett, he is the man who Legend. has convinced more and more rugby players, yes, we can do things. But for him to take the Dolphins, who waited 76 years to be part of the big time, to a win first up in the NRL against the Sydney Roosters is one of the most remarkable moments in Australian sport. Yeah, of course it compares. I mean, 
you know, the Broncos were game one, the Dolphins are game one. Uh, but we played manly that day. You know, no one gave us a chance. No one gave us a chance here much today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's terribly significant. I mean, one of the most difficult things is to is to get that first win because it just settles everything down. And, um, so a loss here today would have put us under a hell of a lot more pressure and a loss back 36 years ago would have done exactly the same to the Broncos. Is that the standard way for the Dolphins now? Is that where you build this club from? Are you still looking for me? <laughs> you here. Hey? You're here. Well, I went to Cairns, you were looking for me. <laughs> I, I texted you. Well, I'm not sure I want to answer your question, mate, because you haven't had the decency to wing me about it, so. Oh, God. Well, you made me a headline over it, but, you know, because... I did you, ask you where you were. Yeah, well, no, because you, you didn't bother to ask me where I was. And you went on your little trip and had your say, well, you know, you can't just give it, mate, and not take it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, it's Wayne Bennett. He is... The master. Yeah, and he, he's been around the traps. 70, 70, what is he now? He's getting on. 74, isn't he? 74. And, Great of course, story. if people aren't across it, the Dolphins are the first expansion club in the NRL for the last 16, 16 years, years yeah. I think, Root. So that was mm. a, uh, a big win, an absolute beauty. We need to go to another break, don't we? We're we running do indeed. Late. Okay, we better do it. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 4.32, we should be going to the 4.30 news. Fortunately, we are running late because Rory Laird is running late as well in a team meeting at the moment. So he'll be joining us after the news, Rooch. Uh, I'd like your Optus Yes moment too, Roochie Rooch. Rooch. Forgot to do the second credit. Search Optus Business or call our dedicated business team today. Great business starts with yes. Yes. A few texts coming through. We're talking about press conferences. Uh, This text says, best conference, press conference moment. Chris Scott saying, is that you, Michelangelo? That goes on to say, well, who else would be asking the bloody questions? (laughs) Um, yeah, not as many attending nowadays. Not as many working either, Kim. Now, Rich, we had another text that came through a while ago saying, okay, boys, do a line-by-line comparison, report and Adelaide. Mm. Adelaide better forward and back midfield borderline. Um, Ooh, so they have a better midfield? Well, we'll let Matt well, Randall. I mean, Matt Randall says Port's got a top four midfield, remember? We'll let them, we'll let Matty Randall do that comparison on Wednesday. So yes. thank you for that text. Good All right, idea. we'll go to the news now. Then hopefully we'll have Rory Laird. Mm. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Time on Roots, the final quarter. It's gone quick today. Just waiting to hear back from Rory Laird. He's in a team meeting at the moment. He sent through a text. He should be concentrating, saying he's not far away. It's a meeting. He doesn't concentrate in meetings. He does struggle. Form on that one. He does concentrate on the footy field, though. Good player. Um, Roots, you've got an update on North Melbourne. So for our one, yeah, we were all one North Melbourne supporter, Steve, uh, the kangaroo. That's harsh. Only joking, Steve. That's harsh. Now, we're all waiting to see how everyone pulls up after those trial games. North Melbourne's put out its injury update just now. Cam Zuha reported a bit of a awareness. Awareness now is the word, isn't it? 
Well, has, left. It has been oh. since Don Pike said it five mm. years ago. Rich. So he's going to be on light duties leading up to round one. The one that's also interesting here, because we remember this name so often, and Lockie used to send in text saying Adelaide should recruit this ruckman, Callum Coleman-Jones, who mm. went from Richmond to North. He's done a partial tear of the left plantar fascia during the trial game. Or fascia. The, yes. Whichever you prefer, tomato, tomato. Against Footscray. So he's going to be in a moon boot for a while. That's not good for no. where he's at at his career. Just while we're waiting, uh, Nathan Buckley did brekkie this morning along with uh, Kane Corns. I thought this was a little left field, but it's that time of the year, Roach. It's the silly season. Uh, this is Bucks on GWS. And the, and a surprise, the, the big overs for me at GWS, I think they only won six games last year. I think they'll, they'll go as few as eight, as many as 14, and I think that they will be a real surprise to, um, to most. I just think the talent level that they have and a, and a slightly... Um, fresh um, game plan that'll come. I think it's a little bit faster going forward, and I think GWS will be one to watch. Now, Bucks has a soft spot for Port Adelaide. He won a McGarry medal playing for the Magpies. This is what he has to say about Port Adelaide this year. Looking at this year, I've got I've got a clear top four. I, I think uh, Geelong, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney are clear top four. I, I think I have Geelong winning as little as sixteen, as many as nineteen. I don't think they can. Win win less than 16. I mean, obviously they could, but I think that's mm. their spread. Melbourne, I have 15 to 18. Brisbane, 15 to 18. Sydney, 15 to 18. So I, I think they're, they're a clear top four in my eyes. I don't yeah. think I don't think anyone goes near those four teams. Wouldn't be that bullish on Sydney, but I, I see where he's coming from, Rich. Yep. Hey, a good text coming from Chris over at Wall Bay on the York Peninsula, beautiful part of the world. Caught some nice squid there a few weeks ago, Rich. Good. Uh, g'day, fellas. Francis Evans kicked two goals. This is for Port Adelaide, the new recruit from Geelong. Could have been four. One goal assist and six score involvements in basically one quarter. We recruited him, so let's play him, Ken. That's from Chris. Yeah, so Francis Evans comes out of that Geelong system where he wasn't going to get a chance, not with the way in which they've structured up their attack. They've got so many options there. He would be very much pushing to get in that side ahead of Fantasia and Rioli. There's a fair bit of other stuff around him he's going to be competing against, but he's, he's got a chance. He certainly has a chance because you've still got to guarantee me, Kim, that Rioli and Fantasia stay out there. Oh, I don't think that's my responsibility. I have uh, many mm. concerns, as anyone. History shows they um, haven't been able to stay out on the park. Mm. Uh, likewise with Nat Nui for West Coast Eagles and Luke Shuey in recent years and certainly yes. Elliot Yo. hence my prediction, mm. uh, which upset the West. Um, it's interesting, Chris says, we recruited him, so let's play him. You cannot play all the players that are recruited. I think he was more recruited as a backup. Yeah. Because of the injury concerns. Insurance, yep. yeah. Smart way I, to manage your list. Still waiting for uh, Laird. He's still in the, what's happened here? Uh, Laird's he's on his way to his car. Five he, away. He thinks he's making the dash to the car now. Okay. Good on him. How he's, far do you think the car's away if he's five minutes from it? No, I don't think he's that far, but the time he sets it up. I like knew this in, would come in. All that stuff, Rich. That is um, short legs. Hey, just quit. Yeah, the, he's got those little God, legs pumping good. away. <laughs> I want to talk to him about his shorts too and the crows. Shorts? The crows and West Coast. Are they getting tighter, Roach? We might do a poll tomorrow. Should tighter we bring back shorts. the shorts from the 80s? Oh. They're getting longer as well, aren't they? Yeah, I just thought they were a little... And I know he's got the hobbit legs. Okay. That'd be an interesting question to pose to him. He won't be see that one coming. We're, we're, no, I don't think he sees most of mine coming. <laughs> uh, what else did Bucks have to say? Um, oh, this is his top five most impactful players in the AFL. Ooh. 
I ended up writing five names down. I had three of them from one team, Gorn, May, and Oliver. And then I had Darcy Moore, Lockie Neal. So five players that I would have in that mix. And in the end, I would go for Max Gorn as the most impactful player in the competition because he can go forward uh, and with his aerial capacity, not just because of his ruck stuff. And I'd, uh, just over just over Stephen May. Max Gorn and Stephen May, the number one and well, two yeah, players no one you. in the game, uh, according to Nathan Buckley. Max Gorn, I agree with. I think now that Grundy's there, the ability of Simon Goodwin to use Max Gorn in so many different roles, and we saw what he did when he went forward. We know what he does back, the intercept marks. Yep. We know what he does as a ruckman. Now that freedom to also impact around the goal square, yeah, that's, a, that's a good call by Nathan Buckley. Yeah, we haven't put a lot of thought into that one. I wasn't sure the players he was actually nominating there, but it's interesting. Impactful players. You know, no Petraka in there. Uh, Lockie Neal in how damaging he is. Darcy Moore, I would not have him in the top five. There's another one, Darcy Moore, after Matt Randell's put him down for the Brownlow. Oh, I know, at 500 to one. Guys that really impact on a game, there's no way you'd have that conversation without Dustin Martin uh, 12 months ago. Correct. And uh, there's a fellow called Shy Bolton that plays in the same yes. team that really has impact. That would be a good list as well. I mean, in the era of lists, who is... We all do MVPs and best. Who is the impact player at your club? All right, we'll have a look at that one. Quick text coming through. I think Lair. Oh, no, we won't get to that text. We'll go to our uh, favourite he is. now, Rory Laird, dual he club is. champion. We've got a lot of uh, deep and probing questions to ask him. Hello, Lairdy. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, good pre-season so far for the Crows. Yeah, no, it's been... Um been good, mate. It was a good result up there. We, we flew up uh, last last Thursday. We were up there for nine nights, so we played three hours straight away and then had the week up there to settle in and then, yeah, really good result again on the, week, uh, the weekend against uh, West Coast. I reckon about halfway through last season, Lady, we sat you down, we gave you a total dressing down and we had to just call it as it was. You weren't hitting the scoreboard. You've taken it on board <laughs> and you've become a little goal kicker. <laughs> uh, it's always nice to, uh, to get forward and kick a couple, but um be nice if it was during the proper season. So I'm warming up. I don't want to spend all my tickets too early, but, um, yeah, sort of as we spoke, it's a, a working edge of mine and, and hopefully a few more to come. And one from 50 metres outreach. Mm. 50 metres. Mm. Yeah, nearly a PB. No wind either. That was oh, just straight off the boot. Thank you. No one on the goal line either. <laughs> Rory, you've been... No, no, no. You've been close to the mountaintop and you've also gone deep into the valley with Adelaide in the past five, six years. One, It's been a build of, well, a slow build, but the one part of the build that seems now complete is that attack. Is that Adelaide attack now the best and why is it the best you've seen since 2017? Yeah, it's, it's pretty close too, Roach. Um, I think there's been some really, you know, good additions and they fit in really well and complement complement each other really well. Um, it also helps that, um, you know, just high and get, you know, high-end talent like Josh Rochelle, um, you know, ready-made talent like Isaac Rankin, and yeah. then you see the continued development of, of a bloke like Darcy Fogarty, which has just got that X factor and, um, you know, aim-breaking ability, along with, you know, Tex obviously playing or arguably playing his, you know, best footy of his career. So um, I think it's a really good balance of, you know, pressure and um, and then, you know, skill and actually execution up there and a bit of polish and talent too. So, 
Um, if they can play, you know, half as well as they do on the weekend, I think they're going to be pretty, uh, pretty impressive up there. I appreciate uh, player positioning's fairly fluid, but Benny Keys, what is his role now? Yeah, he sort of played um, a bit more of that half forward role uh, the last couple of weeks, um, and then. He played a bit through the centre bounce as well, uh, but not as much as he had been the last two years, obviously, where he was a, a full-time mid. So uh, I dare say on the weekend it was probably a 70-30 mix, and um, he plays that, you know, at times he comes up as a forward um, around the stoppage, or sometimes he plays as a, you know, a permanent half-forward. So he sort of um, played a little bit less time inside, and... Um, you see on the weekend, just his work rate and ability to get forward with his opponent. And he sort of did it a bit at the end of last year with um, playing on Adam Saad and, and some of these forward line roles. And, um, you know, it brings that different, you know, factor to the forward line as well, the, the work rate and, um, yeah, in the end, he kicked four as well. So um, hit the scoreboard uh, really well again on the weekend. As you'd appreciate, it's hard to tell when watching the, the TV. And I know you get a little bit frosty when I talk about you and defence and the back pocket. Did you, you yeah, seem a, a couple of times, though, you seem to be a little deep. And watching on the TV, I thought, oh, have they flicked you back there for a second? Yeah, I think I was covering for Brody or something. I don't know what he was doing. Oh, he was right. off with the fair. He's up on the... He was trying to get a kick <laughs> or kick a goal or something. So I said, oh, I'll take your man, no worries. No, I think I, I did I did get caught back there a little bit, yeah. um, just in terms of just transition of play and... It sort of happens with how West Coast were moving the ball. They were switching a lot, so there's a lot of you know movement that you probably don't see on the TV. And um, I sort of ended up at half back, and I was pretty pretty tired back there, so I moved back up the ground as quick as I can after that, Kimbo. Okay, Rory, you've just come out of a team review. We know you don't pay attention, but how mm. many boxes have you ticked in this preseason <laughs> as a club? Um, well, I think we went you know three from three, obviously. The internal doesn't really count, but yeah. it's a good, um, you know, not a fit, fitness base. But um, you know, we we tried a few blokes in different positions, and um, we sort of stemmed that into the, the Fremantle game, which is pretty impressive. I think um, you know we we started off really slow there and against a really quality midfield, and um, they were all over us. And then in the end, we we turned that around pretty well. And then um, it was a little bit different with the preparation the week after. We, as I said, we spent the week up there, so we actually get um, accustomed to the time change and. Um, sort of settled in a bit more, not straight off a flight, and um, yeah, we're able to execute our game plan for four quarters well, as you, you would have seen on the way. Well, you know that you know that Kim is very attentive and he's very curious. Of all the yep. topic items from Adelaide's preseason that he could have come up with, you cannot be ready for this one. Are you sitting down, Rory? Oh well, I didn't know we were going to go uh, here. No, 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 go on, you have to ask. Him. We cover we cover all the big issues. This is um, huge. The shorts seem a bit tighter this year and a little bit longer. I know you got little stumpy legs, but are, are they different shorts? Are we going back to the eighties? I think some of the boys put a bit of size, including myself, Kimbo. Maybe through the courts, maybe through the butt area. No, but they are like you know. There was always the really tight shorts, and then they went a bit more like NRL, and then Eddie took it to a different level. But uh, they seem to be a different cut. Have you noticed it? I haven't, actually. I did, it did feel a bit tight around my bum, though. I'll say that much. Um, but I think I think, uh, I think, think a few guys have actually 
be in the waste room. So they might be, it might be the cut, it might be the size, Kimbo, but uh, right. you know, next time I put them on, I'll, I'll be thinking of you. Well, thank you. We might run a poll on that. Uh, to, I love you too. We might run a poll on that uh, tomorrow. Do they want to bring back the tight shirts? Neil Craig used to have his spray painted on. They were that tight. They talk about Warwick Kappa, but uh, Craigies were tight. Hey, uh, we love you because you're always honest and open and uh, tell us what you think. So this is easy for you. Give us your starting ruckman and the four midfielders you'd have in there for game one. Goodness me. Um, right, I would say uh, I'll go with Rob. And then I'd say um, Elliot can pinch hit through there, play the second ruck as we had on the weekend. And then I'd start with... You. Uh, myself, Barry, and either Saligo or Rochelle. One of those. One of those two. Rochelle. And then, uh, yeah, I, I like what uh, Rochelle and Rankin have sort of given us through that centre bounce. They're given a bit of a, um, you know, they come up from the forward line and they switch back. It's just a bit of a different look, and um, you sort of see what happens when they get the ball in their hands. So if they can uh, get it up the ground a bit more and get a few more touches, then uh, I think that works well for us. So. That's probably what I go with. See, and your old China plate, Matty Crouch, gets 15% of game time, gets nine disposals. If he played a full game, it would have been 48 possessions. <laughs> yeah, I think Matty put up a bit sore, actually. So oh, he? Uh, he sort of came on late. Yeah, he came on late and then um, sort of just had a bit of a pinch hit. So I think he's all good, though. But, um, yeah, he's uh, he's playing some really good footy, though. He played, um, you know, a bit more minutes. Um, later in the game last week, and um, yeah, it's, it's good to be tight for spots. Um, Max Michaelani, can he sneak in that yes. uh, first 23? I reckon he'd be very close, Kimbo. He um, sort of played on Lamb Ryan a bit on the weekend, mm. which is a nice opener in your first sort of AFL tryout, <laughs> and um, you know, played play really well. Um, you know, blanketed him a few times, had one that he was, you know, one on one with him completely in the 50 and, and got it done. He he just, as I've spoken to you guys about, he just, just plays footy. Like, he doesn't seem sort of really quick and powerful, but then you watch him play and he's just got these quick feet and he just reads it and he just seems to get it done. So, uh, yeah, good luck to the match committee. It'll be a uh, pretty tight process, I dare say. Yeah, and you've got such a healthy squad. What's he like as a kid? What's he like around the club? Yeah, he's, he's great. He's very, um, you know, tentative, um, loves footy. Um, just tries to lap it all up, I guess. And um, at the same time, you sort of go out and watch him play, as I said, and he, he seems to take it all in pretty well. He's very calm and, um, yeah, just a natural footy player. Now, Rory, big build-up to the first game. How does mm. it play out at Adelaide? What's your program from here? Uh, we have... Um, what do we have? Goodness me. You didn't pay uh, attention. Training. You've asked It's been a long day. It's been a long day. Uh We've got training this week, and then we uh, sort of had the weekend off, and then we're pretty much into a normal week, as in preparing for a Sunday afternoon game against GWS. So um, it gets tailored towards that and playing on a Sunday. And, um, yeah, it's always a good time of year. It's very exciting this week, or uh, next week, I should say. Lady, we ask you about everyone else, but how, how are you actually feeling? What are you now, 29 years of age, same as your number? How, how are you feeling body-wise yeah. and... Yeah, no, I feel, I feel great. I've, uh, I didn't miss any of the preseason. Um, did all of it. I sort of put on a bit of size, I think. I think I put on about a kilo, maybe a kilo and a half. I just, I just felt as though the last couple of years I was um, not getting pushed around, but I just find a lot more grappling, and it's a, a lot of a different sort of feel to the game in comparison to what I was doing at half back. It's obviously a lot more physical as well, and 
Um, just had a bit of an emphasis on that over the summer. and um, But, no, I feel great. I feel great. I've, I've got no injuries, as I said. And uh, knock on wood, uh, this time last year I had a broken hand, so I'm in a, a better position now. And um, even though I was able to run then, but, no, I've got no complaints, Kimbo. So, uh Hopefully take some pre-season time into round one. Well, Eddie, we really appreciate you uh, jumping on. We know you're under the pump today. We haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks, so you haven't proposed or anything like that. We like to keep across all that stuff. No, no, no proposals. Pretty uh, pretty cool, calm and collective for me, Kimbo. You know me. So, uh, no, no. no, very, very quiet, mate. So, no, nothing like that. Yeah, you'll be first to know. I might, I might even FaceTime you when I do it. Thank you very much, and I'm happy to do a good rate and see your wedding, all right? Hey, lady, we'll chat to you right throughout the season, and uh, we love the way the club's going about it at the moment. There's a lot of good signs. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'll uh, speak to you next week. All right, Rory Laird, he's an absolute ripper, but things are going swimmingly at the moment, but the season hasn't started, right? No, the real tests are coming. Hey, stay with us on SEN 1629. Coming up, Sports Day Victoria, Jared Healy, Kane Corns. They've got Dave Matthews, the GWS CEO, Carl Amon. Former Port player and Mike Hussey as well. Talk about the upcoming four tests. Have a great Monday evening. Good night, everyone. Enjoy.